Hello, Michael Worth here, and welcome to episode 36 of the All Walks of Art podcast, a podcast for creatives in all areas. I like to think of the podcast as sort of a lounge where we sit and talk shop and tell stories. I sit down with artists from all walks of life to discuss the things that matter to us. Grab a tasty drink and enjoy the show. On today's episode, I speak with a good friend and fellow artist halfway around the globe for me. He's a storyteller and a wordsmith of the Fork in the Road blog, vlog, and podcast. He creates children's books, and he's here to chat with me and share some stories. So please, welcome to the show, Andy Marshall. Hey, how you doing? It's like we've done this before. I know, we've rehearsed this. Should we say exactly the same thing? Uh, yeah, right. I will say for uh, people listening, uh, actually, it's a podcast, so of course you're listening, but... Um, we are with us being uh, on limited technology as far as going around the globe, which is still kind of cool when you think about it. We are still at the mercy of the internet and technology. So we will do the best we can to keep a good flow on the show. And I'd really like for you to stick around and listen to what we got. In the I, Before I cut you off, Andy, I got to know. You got to tell everybody, how are you doing this? Because this is what this actually leads to some of the stuff uh, I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. No, okay, so like, um, you're you're blaming the internet, um, and I'm blaming my phone. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or, or you put you put expletives. You put the e on your podcast, don't you? Yes, just yeah, so, just, yeah, just so I can know I can I can talk freely. My <laughs> fucking phone. Um, and uh, and so we get into the podcast, and someone calls me, and then it goes quiet, and then I, I'm trying to think out. Am I actually talking to the person who just called me? Am I talking to Michael? And it's just a complete chaos. Um, I'm oh. ultra low tech. I'm the most low tech, uh, you know, YouTuber, podcaster, or whatever I think there might be. I'm, <laughs> I've challenged myself to do everything on my mobile phone. Um, so I can be an inspiration to all those other cheap asses out there. So. Well, I, I personally think it's fantastic that you're doing that because they, they say that limitation breeds, breeds creativity. And I got to yeah. tell you, there's some stuff you really, you put it out there on Twitter. I've seen you some different times on uh, YouTube and it's, it's, it's mesmerizing what you can accomplish with your phone. <laughs> it really is. Well, well, I think it is. It's amazing. Um, like, uh, and until and until it took someone like Gary Vaynerchuk um, listening to him saying, you know, in your in your in your pocket you've got this, um, you've got uh, a film studio, you've got a podcasting booth, you know, you've got a radio station, you've got a printing press, it's it's all there um, in your phone, and it's going, yeah, he's right, you know, I can exactly. I can shoot I can shoot videos, I can write blogs, I can take amazing photographs. Um, you know, you can't do. I mean, the one thing which I would love to do, but I can't do, is is you know the bokeh effect. Did you know that one? I learned that word the other day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where it's all soft and fuzzy in the background, and I'm right, so right. pissed I can't do that with the phone. <laughs> but um, that is a hot topic among photographers. You know, the pronunciation of bokeh or bokeh or bokeh. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like it's like everybody really gets crazy about that word, and it it's a Japanese word. And okay. From what I understand, it is not a bouquet of flowers, but almost like uh, you're saying okay. So bouquet, which is All right. really strange. I still say bokeh because yeah. I'm a hillbilly. That's what I do. 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a hillbilly too. Awesome. On the other side of the planet, but we're, we're both hillbillies. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> In the spirit of the show, you gave a really eloquent description of what you're drinking today. Is there any yeah, chance feel, you could do that again for us? Yeah. Yeah, well, I feel really bad because I know I know that the um, the art of of um, tasty beverages is intertwined into the artwork, and <laughs> and um, and except I'm moving house, and it's about two thirty, and there's there's going to be a long day, very long day with kids <laughs> moving, moving house during a pan global pandemic. <laughs> right. So there's no bloody babysitting or anything like that, and so the kids are towy. And um, a lot of stuff to move, a lot of trailer loads. And if I have a beverage, that's that's it. Like yeah. I, you know, apart I, from yeah, I don't blame you. It's uh, yeah. I've I've turned my uh, my co-host Paul, uh, who couldn't be with us tonight, but uh, I've turned him to a Sunday drinker, and I think he's a yeah. little bit reluctant of it now. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do bring something which is uh, brewed, you could say, in a can. Um, and uh, I was saying before how I'm, um, what you call it, a bit of a smashed avocado, uh, yuppie kind of uh, um, artist. So, I'm, so I've got my organic <laughs> kombucha <laughs> sparkling live cultured drink and it's, uh, and it's cherry plum. And and then I and then after I said that I went into this spiel of how the human body is made up of seventy <laughs> percent bacteria, and uh, and you know you can have if you eat if you eat donuts that's bad bacteria, makes you angry and um, and and amongst other things, and uh, whereas this is good bacteria this is a uh, happy bacteria, um, which meant to make you feel good it's you know. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. So yeah. on on that, I'm going to mm. use the yeast bacteria. Mm. <laughs> and I picked up a Iron Maiden beer. Uh, it's a pretty it's a premium British beer from Robinson's Brewery, uh based in Cheshire, England. Uh, it's 4.7% alcohol by volume. Um charged with flavor, that's what they say. And it is called Trooper. It's uh, mm. that's that's why it's from Iron Maiden. So uh, it's something that Bruce Dickinson, yep. the singer from Iron Maiden, did. And for a little sound effect for those at home, and I don't think I've had this on the show before, but man, it is good stuff. I really like Ooh. this beer. I'm, I'm drinking out of what they call a nonic pint glass because these are pint cans. So it's it's proper. It's an imperial pint. Is that right, imperial or the queen's pint or what do they call that? <laughs> The Queen's pint. I don't, I don't think she's either. ever had a pint. <laughs> maybe, either. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I've got it all wrong. She has pints on a regular basis. <laughs> That's how come she can be so old. That's right. So, That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Wow. So I'm I'm trying to think about what we talked about before before we ran into some stuff here, but uh, I think we were about cover. We're about up to speed. I would say I'd say you're probably right. I'm I'm just really thrilled that we're able to do this because it's uh, we've been trying to plan this for oh wow at least a year, I think, and yeah. and we've known each other for a while. Um, I was even trying to think today how did how did we actually get to know each other? I'm I'm wondering if it was the seven minute challenge or if it was the no small creator. Movement. I don't remember what. what yeah, did it. I, I think it was a bit of both. 
um, when I started out, um, I was watching a lot of other YouTubers before, you know, I was nervously, um, you know, hovering around that idea of, do I do this thing? Do I do this thing? And, um, and I saw one guy who designs t-shirts and that, and he's, his name's Charlie Pangus. And, um, Here's a YouTuber, and he talked about this no, this fantastic no small creative group. I thought I better go check it out. And since I checked out that with uh, Cody Cody Wana, um, I've I've got involved in that Facebook group, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fellow YouTubers and artists and creators and stuff. And I think a lot of people from there came over and found my stuff from there, and I found a lot of other people from there as well. And you know grown quite a few good um, relationships out of it. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm pretty sure that's where you, where I found you as well, because it was quite a small group. You know, I, I joined up when it kind of was, I know, about a few hundred or so. so. Yeah, 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 it was a really small group at, at one time. Now it's just really grown. Not quite so small anymore. <laughs> yeah. So... I, uh, and, and the seven-minute challenge thing, I saw, I don't think I saw one of your videos and and I know that I'm trying to get better as an artist because I, you know, I call myself an artist, but I'm I'm a bit of everything. I'm a and I don't do anything properly. So, um, <laughs> so, ah. so, so, um, so, so, so there's that. And I thought if I challenge myself to draw daily and get something done in seven mm-hmm. minutes, um, you got to get better. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all about time. It really is. And I gotta I gotta jump in here and say that. Uh, you are an artist. I, th- I think there's a lot more there than what you're, you're too modest at this point. I really do. I, I think, <laughs> I think there's a lot there. You are so creative with everything you use. I mean, we talked about the phone there for, for a bit. Um, it, it leads me to one of the things that really stuck out at me. You started working on a children's book, uh, called Elijah and Crumpet. Yeah. Um, I'm really kind of anxious to to know the story behind that. Yeah, well, that's another great thing. Like, so, so as a bit of a lead into this, like, as I said, I was nervously hovering around other content creators and um, and I, I owe everything that I'm doing to Gary Vaynerchuk because it was a podcast of his and says, and he said, if you don't, <laughs> if you can't succeed now as an entrepreneur or an artist or something like that, then, then you just, then you shit or something like that. <laughs> because basically we've got all the tools um, to be able to get attention to what you're doing and to be able to find your community and all those kinds of things. I thought, I keep thinking, I was nervously thinking, I've got to do this so, and I've got to do it. And so I just went with um, going ahead with this, so documenting my journey with, a vlog which turns into a blog and a podcast. Mm. And um, and after about a year, well, a year and a half, two years or so, you know, and I started off doing daily vlogs for 200 days. And um, wow. <laughs> and then uh, another creator from the No Small Creator group uh, um, do this show called The Elijah and Crumpet Show. Between a, It's a family kind of YouTube channel. The father is a, a a puppet monkey and his son has Down syndrome and it's all raising awareness around kids with Down syndrome and, and how much they can actually do and are capable of and um, and it's just a great awareness building and fun kind of 
channel and they'd been regularly, you know, in my comments section and a couple of times they're going, oh yeah, we, we've got an idea for a kid's book and, and, um, and one day they just hit me up and said, we want to do this kid's book thing. And, uh, I went, wow. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the power of, um, documenting your journey, even when your journey, you don't know what the hell you're doing mm-hmm. is a powerful thing. Um, you learn as you go. Yeah. And people get to know you. And, uh, and the great thing is, is when this project was suggested to me and I got the call from, uh, Rob, um, from Elijah and Crumpet and, and we got on the phone talking creatively about what this book would be. And it felt like we'd, we've known each other for ages because we've been seeing each other's work and Mm -hmm. things like that. And we were already familiar he already knew what my artwork was like and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. So it's just, it's a really exciting time to be, to be creating, I think. I think you're right. It's, uh, it's fascinating, really. I mean, the fact that we've known each other through the internet, we've never met personally, but it's just, uh, it's a testament, really, to the age that we're living in, that we can do this sort of stuff. I mean, you're talking about uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and, you know, I've not met him. I don't know. Have you have you met him personally yet? No, no. But that's my plan one day. One, yeah. one day, you know how he wants to buy the jets? One yeah. day he's going to interview me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's anyway. awesome. That's awesome. Uh, our last guest on the show, uh, Brian, uh, I'm going to call him Brian V, but he his last name is actually oh, Brian Blessage. Yeah, he uh, yeah. he's got he's got the medium. So uh, his episode's coming out soon. By the time people are hearing this one, his episode already came out. But um, it, it's a, it's amazing how much Gary has influenced the creative community. You know, he's yeah. he's a he's a pretty uh, hard driven business marketing type, and that's typically not something we're very good at as artists. You know, we, we find ourselves yeah. hiding behind things and not want to get out there, but uh, I think it's yeah. good. Yeah, and I, th- I, th- I think as, a, um, as an artist, like I'm on this mission to become uh, what they call a thriving artist. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> basically, <laughs> basically, I can be an artist as a job, Yes, you know, yes. Um, not this hobby stuff. Yes. And, um, and I think to be able to do that, you, you need to be pretty closely aligned. Like I think all artists, if you're going to be successful, need to be entrepreneurs of some kind mm. because you need to constantly be thinking creatively about how, like it's great to make art, but but if you could make money doing that art, then, that's, then you could spend all your time doing that art and not, you know, um, driving a courier van like I did for – seven years or <laughs> or all these other kind of jobs, you know, um, entry-level kind of jobs that I've been doing all my life, right. um, which kind of um, led me to this point of, like, I've got to start taking myself seriously and, uh, and make it work. <laughs> that's, you know, that's probably a really good segue for the, the fork in the road. Tell, tell my listeners exactly what the, the part that, I'm trying to say this right because it, I think there's a lot more to it than just a catchy phrase and Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Um, So so as well as um, 
all these kind of little jobs I would do, you know, for entry-level kind of wage. I ran my own, I had a traveling cinema business, which I ran for 20 years. And that was called Road Movie Mobile Cinema. And I'd travel all over the state and uh, into the next state of Victoria as well, doing um, outdoor movies, country country shows, um, the kids and stuff like that. And um, it was a great business, but it was a really slow-growing business. And I'd, you know, as I said, I did it for 20 years. And... Um, and I still had to keep. I still had to do those little annoying jobs to to be able to meet to yeah. meet the amount of money to be able to you know uh, live. I couldn't just do that as my job. Mm-hmm. And so the time came when I had my first kid, and and my wife's got a you know a good job, and uh, we're just going. Somebody's got to stay home with a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be me because because he's got the better, better paying job, <laughs> and um, and so I thought well, maybe it's time to completely reinvent myself and actually create stuff rather than show other people's movies. Try and you know make my own or do something creative. Yeah. And so the so the road movie mobile cinema became a fork in the road. You know, it's my career yeah. pivot towards trying to do something creative with my life and for a living. So, yeah. That is, that is really cool. That is that is really cool. I didn't know that, actually. Um, oh, right. One of the things I liked about your, your vlogging with the fork in the road is that you put, it was almost like you had the dialogue where people could read it without hearing it. And... You also had so much of an interesting take on it in black and white and the whole the whole nine yards. I mean, I just really I dug that. It was it was rock. You know what I mean? It was it was punk rock in a in a world of just everything's the same Aquanet hair. <laughs> you know what I'm I mean? I'm so glad I'm so <laughs> glad you said punk rock because that's kind of the whole kind of um you know, vibe, ethos, I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I've kind of attacked this whole thing with is because, and it's the whole thing of doing everything from your mobile phone. It's like yeah. nothing is ever going to be perfect. Exactly. But you might as well e- express yourself now and get it out of your system rather than waiting for um, all the right stuff and yeah. all the right time because – like at the moment, we're moving house. There has never been a worse time in my life for being creative <laughs> than right now. Um, but, uh, you know, settlement on the house is like uh, um, Thursday next week. I'm hoping to dive back into the drawing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think when people, when someone said to me something about seasons of your life and, you know, uh, there, there might be times where you just, where you literally cannot do anything. Yeah, and it, yeah. and it drives you crazy, and I think yeah. you just have to be cool with that and give yourself a break. You do, yeah, the, for, the, yeah. The, the for, shit the shit piles up, and you're like, I I want to do this, but I got to do this, you know. And and yeah, I I, I got to interject here because there's so many people in my life who I mean, I've I've always had some pretty good support from family, but I've I've had a lot of uh, acquaintances and and friends who said, you know, you just just take a break, dude. It's going to burn you out. And it's like, yeah. but it's, it's what I want to do, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah. And, and when things just kind of, when other things get in the way, it makes it really hard. I wrote a blog post today. I know when people hear this episode, that blog post is going to be well buried in some of the others, but, um, 
I, I think it's really important that we understand as creatives, they tell us to niche down so much and focus on one thing. And in my case, I like doing the podcast. I love talking with other creatives like you where I can sit and go, yeah, yeah, we're on the same boat. We're in the same ocean, so to speak. And, mm. uh, you know, the, the rising tide floats all the boats. And when we get into doing things like this, we can communicate, know that we're not alone. We're not the only boat out there. And you start realizing real quick that um, some of these other things that you get into, they might take a little bit of time away from the actual goal. But in the long run, I think it really adds to your um, your overall effect. Uh, I, yeah. you know, I, I need the photography. I love the fact that I do photography and it, it, it just really goes in concert with my art. So, you know, it, it's the other things, you know, the regular job, the paying the bills, paying, <laughs> doing these other things that, cause it is hard paying the bills with the art money. It yeah. really is. It's like, you know, everybody wants to get you to, Hey, can you do this? It'll be great exposure. And you realize I can't eat exposure, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I suppose the, um, there's a book I, I read, um, I don't read many books, but oh, I actually listened to it, so I didn't read it at all. <laughs> is um, is Real Artists Don't Starve by Jeff Goins? Um, oh, yeah, it's a good book. And uh, and that is basically the driver. That and Gary V. If you put those two books together, is kind of my thing. Is like what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Is um, is is there is a a kind of list of commonalities between um, artists who do succeed and he kind of looks at those and breaks them down, you know, in terms of having mentors, in terms of mm -hmm. having um, a, a community of artists around mm -hmm. you and and all these kinds of things. I'm trying to incorporate that into kind of the hustle of Gary V um, uh, getting, getting attention to your work mm -hmm. and that's kind of, because, like, I'm certain that I, 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 and 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 all other artists, if if there was a kind of a blueprint or an or something that you could follow and just go, if you did this with your work, you would get enough people in the world seeing your work mm. that it only takes one or two people to really connect with what you're doing, and you know, become a patron or whatever and you know basically i want i want this guy's work whenever he creates it or something like that exactly is it is enough to keep your head above water and there's you know and we've got access to almost everyone in the world so oh, yeah. it's so that's the exciting part but the massive struggle i've had is with my brain you know you call the positive mindset and all mm -hmm. that kind of woo woo uh kind of but half of my brain likes to call it bullshit, and the other half of it <laughs> likes to likes to go. You yeah. know, um, if you if only, if only you didn't call it bullshit, it might work. Exactly, um, exactly. Kind of kind of stuff. Like, um, yeah. Well, putting in, putting yeah. In fairness, I gotta say, you've uh, being being in Australia, you've really had the last six months, not not including moving house and. Uh, raising kids and 
being a husband and making money, <laughs> you've had so much other stuff on your plate. The fires, uh, the the epidemic, uh, yeah. or pandemic, I should say, uh, yeah. with COVID nineteen, and that's that's just you're just getting bombarded. Yeah, and I, I know I'm like I'm coming back with another vlog because I've been off for a while, and like one of my first my topic of this blog uh, was to be about how fear, anxiety, and stress um, completely kill your creativity. Like um, mm -hmm. in December when uh, but when the bushfire got close to our house, that was like right at the beginning of when it all started. There was a real day. There was a day when um, going outside was stepping into a fan-forced oven. It felt like that. Wow. And um, and blowing hard, and uh, and we had this fire racing towards our house, um, and and we got the car packed, and we we're pretty much um, all packed, ready to go. Pets in the car, and we got the thing on our phone saying it's too late to leave. <laughs> and oh. We kind of said, uh, "Bullshit, we're going." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and, and uh, because we could see that it was the clear road out of town, and uh, and we just um, you know got the hell out of there quick. And um, and then constantly seeing bushfires, you know, Australia is virtually, there wasn't a square inch of it. It didn't seem like that wasn't on fire. Yeah, that's um, insane. And, um, and then this pandemic stuff starts building up as well in China and starts spreading. And like I'm a, I, I write, like I used to, I've written quite a few film scripts and uh, like thrillers, science fiction, horror movies is kind of my, uh, with a black comedy kind of edge. And mm -hmm. and seeing all this stuff happening, all these tragedies were playing out in my head as to what might actually really be going on in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, and it's exhausting. And it is. I, I, and my creativity is just dipped and I couldn't, I just, I couldn't turn on the camera. I yeah. didn't know what to say. It like, sucks. What do you it, say? Just, it just sucks the life out of you altogether. Where you just don't, you just, you know, so many people think as creatives, you know, we're introverts and, and we're good. We can put our nose to the grindstone and sit in the studio and do stuff. But when the rest of the world is doing the same thing, it, it's almost yeah. like our empathy kicks in and we start really feeling down about it. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's a, it's a, really it is anxiety it's yeah you know it, it creates a moment where you just can't paint i try i i've uh i've done a lot of work i've been off work now for about four weeks uh at the time of this recording yeah and you know we're not making any money uh, i'm not drawing an income my wife's on disability from a stroke and um it's it's just one of them things where you sit back and you go i i need that money you know, and I've sold more artwork yeah. the last three to four weeks. I've sold in a long time, but usually my art money is what I use to buy gear with, and I grow my business with, and all that. And I don't really use it so much for paying rent and all those other, all those other things. And it's, it it really starts to kind of get in the way, and 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 things just really get scary. And I start thinking, I'm never going to be able to do this for a living. And I'm I'm 47 yeah. years old this year, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I hear all these people say. Oh yeah, when you do this, you can do that, and blah blah blah. And it's like you know, the the journey for me has been long and difficult. Yeah, um, I mean uh, to to think of your your uh, your folks down there 
uh, ACDC, you know, it's, it is a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll when you think of it yeah, that it way, is. you know? <laughs> <laughs> it is, even even these days, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and, and so what of my, my kind of, um, in terms of getting my creative groove back is um, I, I pretty much just, I'll give myself uh, like five minutes or something and I'll just mm. click on the radio or something like that. Some somewhere you know that's just going to give you fairly factual information, not all this kind of clickbait garbage. Yes, yeah. and yeah. and I've found basically stuff go. Can I leave the house today? Uh, yes, no, uh, still not. Okay, <laughs> no worries, and and just get on with your life, um, because because I go down rabbit holes, big rabbit holes, and I get lost there, and um, so mm-hmm. I get deep in the weeds. <laughs> and and um, I think I know about as much as um, coronavirus is is probably Uh-oh. some of the leading epidemiologists. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, it's not really funny. It's funny, but it's not funny. It's like I, these are things I didn't want to know about. You know what I mean? It's like I, yeah, exactly. I, I could have went through life without ever hearing about COVID. But yeah, uh, I don't know. And I'm I'm hoping by the time this show airs, uh, it we're we're well beyond where we are today. Um, yeah. I want to get into some of the, some of the nitty gritty about, I don't know much about the Australian government and how you are able to make uh, income as an artist and things like that. I know here in the States, uh, things can be quite difficult with uh, health insurance and some other costs here and there. What, what kind of challenges are you, looking at as 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 you progress into making art more your your main career goals yeah well as a um because i come from a filmmaking background as well i'm like i was a failed filmmaker turned um traveling cinema guy Mm -hmm. and um basically because it's really hard to films making a film costs a lot of money and uh, and it takes a lot of people and and so and all the films which would get funded we do have like a, a film fund uh here in South Australia and in Australia and um but it's really geared towards what they perceive as a a cultural cultural gem you know mm-hmm. which normally revolves around being around the kitchen sink and domestic violence and mm-hmm. um and football or something like mm-hmm. that you know um and not not something which uh um floats my boat like um horror movies or thriller movies right. like you know some of my favorite filmmakers would be um a mix of the Coen brothers and you know and and the guys that do the Cornetto trilogy, you know, Shaun of the Dead, <laughs> yeah, Edgar Wright. Absolutely. And, and, and you, had me at Ag- kind of, you had me at Edgar Wright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Edgar Wright, yeah, that's his name. I couldn't think of it off the top of my head. Um, Simon Pegg and that. Um, yeah, and that's the kind of movie which really I just look at that and think that's that's perfection. It is. And, and, um, and that's not the kind of thing which gets funded. The kind of stuff that gets funded is like, you know, Breaker Morant, you know, historical right. drama with, you know, and I just, oh, it's just not me. Right. Um, and if you're not, and, um, you know, 
and and stuff about indigenous culture, which is great. Right. Um, but but I I where I am in my part of the world, I don't know any indigenous people. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not something which I can. It's it's not something which I can't make out about something that I don't know about. Basically. Right. Um. Yeah. So. So where? So I try where, and keep in my genre basis. I guess I should ask, where are you located in Australia? Because Australia is a huge place. Yeah. So in I'm in South Australia and um, above Adelaide in okay. Nan. Um, it's kind of the hills. Uh, you know, bushfire region mm-hmm. uh, in the hills, and um, <clears throat> and. Yeah, it's near a larger place called Mount Buck, which has kind of all the bigger shops and things mm-hmm. like that. But um, you know, but we're probably what you would class as like a, a satellite town or something and and the suburbs are coming out. Like why anyone would want to <laughs> build a flat in the hills is beyond me. Like like <laughs> I'm getting opinionated now. But yeah. um, well, you got all like, that land. I know, and they they got perfect farmland for growing market gardens and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They bulldozed the thing and put up apartment blocks. And like, oh, wow. why don't you build high rise in the city and and piss off and leave yeah, us with uh, cows really, and sheep and stuff? You're right, that's bizarre. That really is bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. So um. So that's kind of where we are. Um. We don't get snow, uh, we get frost, and it gets up to, well, 40, the hottest we've had here is 47 degrees Celsius, so oh, Fahrenheit, I don't know, that'd be like 100 and... Probably 110, I'd say. 110, something like yeah. that. Gosh, that's, that's hot. Yeah. <laughs> that's real hot. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we've got kangaroos down the streets, lovely. <laughs> that's cool. And them awful bats. you got the great big gigantic bats. Do you have those? Bats. Oh, we have them in town. Um, they tend to hang out by the botanic gardens. Yeah, the the ones they call um, the but, flying foxes. I mean, they're like huge. They're like little yeah. kitty cats with wings. <laughs> yeah, those bloody coronavirus spreading critters. <laughs> but uh, we've got another one in Australia called Hendra virus that um, oh. that spreads with uh, fruit bats and stuff. It um, it gets into horses oh. and. Um, and from horses, it can kind of jump to people or something. But some horse trainers and died from Hendrivite. Oh wow, I did not know that. That's yeah. A new so one. B- bats have bats a very low immune system, and that is apparently why they're so full of germs. But I love bats. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say we're going to have a, you know <laughs> take out all the bats and we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're, um, they're good I love for them. the bugs. They're good for the bugs. They really are. And the, yeah, exactly. You know, so we got micro bats around our house, and it's so nice to sit out in the back veranda and listen to the little kind of high-pitched bip they do as they mm-hmm. fly around in the darkness. It's pretty cool. That is cool. It is cool. Mm. Ours are starting to come out here. It's springtime here in the United States, and uh, I can see them. They, uh, they come out at night. And they, they like hanging out in my attic, uh, which is a place I like to hang out and smoke cigars and drink some booze and relax. Uh, I think my landlord would like for me to move all my art supplies up there, but... I'm using a spare bedroom in the house for that. Um, just, just good stuff. They, I sit out and watch them. Same thing. It's, it's funny. It's, uh, they're interesting little creatures. We don't have anything like the gigantic flying fox you have there, but uh, yeah, 
It seems like everything. Actually, the more I watch television and learn about where you are living, the more I realize you could go outside and die just from a ant. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You I know, mean, for the other day, I, I saw something horrific the other day because um, I'm, doing, I'm doing lawn mowing. At the moment, oh. as that's my art form at the moment, yeah. is I, I mow crop circles and shit in people's lawns. And, <laughs> and <laughs> but, but, um, but I found this, uh, like we've got inch ants here, you've probably got them there as well. But this one had wings, and oh, that, like that's a queen, like, that's like, yeah, it's like some science fiction horror thing, yeah. um, and uh, yeah. That but, is, but that's, that's some scary creepy. stuff. Yeah, we've had two um, at our current house that we're moving out of. We had two uh, eastern brown snakes inside the house uh, within the space of the same month when my wife was pregnant with her first baby, and uh, the first time she was it was during the day. She's having a nap, and uh, she's wondering what the dog was doing, and it was in the bedroom fighting this snake. And she jumped up on the bed, and the snake went under the bed, <laughs> and and um, and that was funny because she was out the front with a towel wrapped around her. I like um, you know was calling the the vet. I had to carry the dog out. He'd been bitten about twenty times or something. And these snakes are really deadly. And um, and so we got the snake catcher. We saved the dog. The dog lived. Um, and. Um, and the snake catcher, if you ever want to make your house look like it's been burgled, you call a snake catcher. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't put everything back the way they found it. Like, you, you know, I go, leave it to us, and the door shuts, and then you hear bang, crash, bang, oh, wow. go, and the furniture's all pulled away from the walls, and the drawers have been emptied out. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh. yeah, so we do have deadly things here. Wow, I uh, mm. I had to look this up while you were talking. <laughs> mm. It's also known as the common brown snake, and yeah. uh, I'm terrified. Man, this thing is fast moving, aggressive, and known for their bad temper. Can you believe oh, that? Oh yeah, this one this one was pissed because the dog was trying to kill it. It was basically jumping. It would be like the whole front half of this snake was like jumping and hissing and striking at the dog. Like, wow. Um, and I say it like I saw it, but this is my wife telling me what was happening. Because um, I was up in the front office and I just hear his yell. And, uh, and yeah, we basically locked the house and got out. And, and it's funny, I got to the, got to the vet and with a dog. I'm carrying the dog because you think you don't want the dog to move too much because yeah. the poison circulates. Yeah. Carried the dog in to the vet and the vet, had a, they knew what had happened. They had a dog on the table opened up doing some other surgery. They left that dog there oh. and uh, some, someone was still looking after it because this is how fast it acts. And, uh, and I put him down next to him doing some obs on, obs on our dog. And, um, and she goes, oh, you've touched him, haven't you? And basically, yeah, I carried him in. And she's going, they race me over to the sink and washing my skin. Oh, wow. Because apparently, like, you can, you know, absorb it through your oh, skin. I, that's, that's, that's mad. I didn't know that. There's a, uh, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. So no, no, but that's, that's, um, that's, that's my exciting deadly creature story of Australia. Well, that's a pretty big story. I mean, that's, that's crazy because, uh, it also says in this article I'm looking at, uh, their venom is ranked as second most toxic 
of any land snake in the world. That's yeah. uh, <laughs> holy shit, man. <laughs> even the babies, even the babies, they look like worms. Yeah. And, and they're just as toxic. Wow. Mm. I learned something new today. I did not know you had a snake like that. I knew there were some bad mamma jammas down there, but I had no idea that there was something like that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I always think of the really bad snakes out in, uh, you know, like Indonesia and, and places like that, but dag on. Um, interesting stuff. I, I got to ask, yeah. uh, with uh, keeping us in the arts, I, I want to know yep. exactly where do you see yourself as an artist um, in terms of how would you categorize what you do and what you want to be known as? Um, I, I see myself as pretty much like anyone who has a creative bone in their body, whether they're like, you know, into ceramics or mm -hmm. um, painting or whatever, um, who've got that kind of... Um, like I, I tend to call it a compulsive creator inside of you. Just can't, you just can't not create. Right. And and um, and I think you know the majority of the population. Well, majority. There's some people that it really drives them, and they get a lot of pleasure out of it. And and I think if um, like I have I have a bit of a a, a, a kind of a secret mission because it's a bit embarrassing because I'm kind of, um, you know, it's all this kind of, it's the woo-woo, the woo-woo BS side of my head taking <laughs> off here trying to goal set, um, is, is, is that I, I want to somehow create a body of work while I'm creating art and the body of work kind of supports, a, you know, as I was talking about kind of a, a blueprint or a method or whatever of documenting your journey as an artist mm -hmm. in a way that will draw in a community, will draw in the people that like not only your artwork but like you as a person. I think mm -hmm. that's the difference of documenting your journey now is right. it's not just the artwork, it's the person behind the artwork as well. And and if everybody did that, like um, – like I've been doing a lot of stuff where I'll be sketching live and just chatting with people mm -hmm. while I'm sketching live. Mm -hmm. And it's this building up of relationships and all these different kinds of methods of letting – because for people that don't know who aren't into art in the way that they want to make art themselves but they like to watch other people create art, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it might seem a bit boring to us. But to other people looking in it as to what we're creating and what we're right. doing, it's quite interesting. True. And I think if we can figure out a way of doing that um, and documenting our journey and creating enough products, enough things that we can sell, um, that we can actually do art for a living and mm -hmm. be happy and not, not having to pay the bills doing stuff that we absolutely hate. Um, in the process. So, so yeah, that's kind of my, my, my drive is like with modern technology, the way it is, mm -hmm. I feel there's no, there's no need. There's no need for any artists <laughs> to suffer 
in in private anymore. We can no. suffer in yeah. public. No, yeah. we can thrive in public. That's what <laughs> we can suffer in public. <laughs> yeah, That's and great. um, but it's a it's a bit of like um, like I would kind of think, why the hell would anyone want to see me thinking about what I'd actually? Because I didn't know I wanted to draw kids books when I started out. Mm-hmm. I got a filmmaking background. I used to do lots of storyboards. That's where the drawing came in. And I do a lot of script writing of um, like thriller, horror kind of things and stuff like that. Um, that could be turned into books or anything like that. But I was just kind of throwing everything up in the air in public, kind of not knowing what I wanted to do. And, and you know, I've finally found something that suits me for the moment. doesn't mean I have to... Um, my ambition's not to be um, that 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 kids book illustrator guy. Um, you know, I'd still like to make a movie, and mm-hmm. and the thing is with um, technology the way it is, I've I've kind of got a plan to kind of do a bit of a, a feature film collaboration with other with other filmmakers around the world, and and not actually meet them face to face. You know. Um, and that whole idea of a film takes so many people, like it takes hundreds of people. But you could make a, a great feature film with, with a dozen other people you've never met from around the world if the script's right and you're being creative enough and, and you don't necessarily want to see it in the cinema. It can, not that cinemas, who knows if cinemas are going to come back. That's pretty devastating. It is. But, it is. Um, it's, but it's, funny. Yeah. it's funny you say it like that because I... <clears throat> When I sat down to do my research to think about what what am I going to talk about with Andy? How am I going to how am I going to bring this out into the arts and and try to add value to my listeners? You know, because I think a lot of people are in the same boat. They're they want to they want to get paid to be who they are because art is who they are, right? And I see that as you're talking that there's you're you're a you're a storyteller, but you use pictures to tell stories. And yeah. I I really like that. I'm not saying you don't use words because that's not not there. Because I just I just think that at the core of it, you're a storyteller, and then your brush. Let me say it this way: your brush is a video. Your brush is a blog. Your your brush is whatever it is you feel is best to convey that story. And I, I think there's a lot in you for that. I really do. I I see it. I I love listening to you talk. When you when you share things as you're drawing, it's amazing. I'll flip through Twitter. I've, I've you know got a few minutes here and there, and it's like, oh look, there's Andy. Oh look, he's drawing right there in his car with a video. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> I suck. <laughs> a, I'm looking at myself thinking I got to get out and do something because this guy's doing stuff all the time. And you, like I say, you got you got so much going on. But I, I have to ask you do you do you know who uh, Steven Soderbergh is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love his stuff. Yeah. Awesome. He did a movie and, uh, I, this is so incredible to me. Uh, I learned it. The, I, I learned a lot about it, uh, through, uh, some behind the scenes type stuff. And then, uh, I didn't realize it actually at the time I was, I was like, Oh look, here's a movie made with an iPhone. I got to check this out. See how good it is. And I realized my wife and I had already rented it and watched it, and I didn't know the whole time watching the movie that it was made with an iPhone, and then going back and seeing the behind the scenes, it was just wow. You couldn't have done it any other way. 
that yeah, particular yeah. the the movie I'm thinking about is called Unsane. Um yeah. and it, it really it's a horror thriller thriller movie, but it's uh it's one that I I really don't think you could make it today with you know the big Alexa yeah. cameras and things. It just wouldn't work. Yeah, and you know the really exciting thing about it, like it's the kind of stuff which really really kind of works me up is, is, is that is, is that like so he shot shoots it on an iPhone and a lot of the scenes I don't know if it was unsane or another he shot two on iPhones now and um, mm. but a lot of the stuff you know you know you shoot in a in a in a popular build up city or something like that and you've got to get council clearances you got to get all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and he just go and shoot it because he's got a phone yeah like some of the, some of the stuff like you know when he's shooting interiors and that he'll He'll, there's pretty fancy mounts to set up long, you know, long lenses and stuff on your on your iPhone. But um, <laughs> but but if you want to do some sneaky stuff out out at a train station or something like that, you mm-hmm. just shoot it as best you can and and kind of grade it in post and whatever to 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 bring it out. And um, and you know you can do low budget like the idea of guerrilla filmmaking really excites me and. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the film Ed Wood. Um, no. Uh, by by Tim Burton. Ed Wood was a a real B grade filmmaker from the fifties, like black and white sci fi and stuff like that. Uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space. He did is his most famous film. Oh wow! And he would he, he would shoot films on on uh, un, or, or sets when everyone else went home. He would roll up on someone else's set. And and shoot a shoot a film during half the time. I don't think he was even allowed to. He just did, and and he would get all these like he would get um what was it uh, not Boris Karloff um the other one ah anyway the old guy who played Dracula Bella Lugosi oh yeah yeah and yeah. he'd get Bella Lugosi when he was you know uh, at the end of his career and he had a you know big issue with heroin addiction. And um, and nobody was hiring him, but he would hire him, and and he would yeah. kind of like get him out there and do these um, crazy films in the middle of the night. Um, and it's that kind of that kind of passion for filmmaking and telling a story, even if it's even if it's crap. I, I really like like Ed Wood. Uh, like I'm not a big fan of Tim Burton's films, but mm-hmm. Ed Wood just seeing. Uh, the drive in this guy um, who was played by Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. one of those films that actually made me cry, you know, mm-hmm. like because it's going, this guy's got so much passion for this art form and yet he's not very good at it, but that doesn't matter, you know? Right. A- and that was what I got out of it. It's like if someone's getting that much passion out of what they're doing, and the thing is he's got a cult following anyway, so if mm-hmm. he's alive now, he'd probably be quite rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think don't don't let being fantastic. You know, if you're not if you can't be fantastic, at least be you and be original, um, and kind of you know, yeah, bring your own style to it. Because I yeah. think if you bring your own style to your art, that kind of allows you to get away with not being. Brilliant in some senses, you know, like there's these people that can do dot drawings mm-hmm. of ink and they look like photographs. Mm-hmm. And what an amazing skill to have. But um, but it just looks like a photograph. Right. 
like like and you have someone who else who comes along and does something so bizarre, you know, like Salvador Dali or something like that, mm-hmm. and you just go, well, um, some 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 or some other artist where you go, well, you know, my my kid could have painted that, but you know, my but they didn't, and this person painted it, and this is the character who they are, and yeah. and I really yeah. love this picture. It's this whole subjective thing about art. Um, it but is. I think a lot of a lot of artists are hung up in the technique, and I've got to be perfect. And yeah. if you can't be perfect, be the next best thing, or or be the best thing. Be yourself, and do yes, do something that means something to you. Yeah, I think it's funny you say that too. I, I keep saying it like that as, as we're talking, but there's so many things you're bringing up that make make me think. Um, I don't. For one, I don't normally record this at this time. It's uh, it's almost 2 a.m. here in the States. Uh, I'm always up working, but I actually prefer this time because my brain is kind of more in tune with what we're talking about. But I sit and look at this and think when you when you talked about um, skill set and, and perfection and things, I find that for me, I want to strive for that but I, I don't want to lose the art. I don't want to lose the interesting part of it. I don't want to, the feel, you know, I want the feel to still be there. I don't want to just be a clone of a photo, you know? And I think we need to do that as artists. And I think you're absolutely right that everybody has something to bring to the table. I, I, I just, mm. I just think they, you know, when you bring your personality into it, it's genuine, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that brings it right back around to the whole punk rock mm-hmm. um thing is because, you know, musicians like Jesus and Mary Chain and stuff mm-hmm. like that, they they admit they are absolutely terrible guitarists. And even I think the Sex Pistols they admit that. <laughs> and <laughs> and and um but they had a message and they could make and they could make something which is, you know, original and theirs. Right. And, um, and it turns out to be something that I quite like anyway. So, exactly. Um, it's cool stuff. Yeah. Man, I'm glad we had this talk. I really am. This is, this yeah, is what, too. this is what a lounge is supposed to feel like. I wish you could see where I'm sitting right now. It's, it's dark. Well, it's kind of dark in my studio. I got a little candle burning. I got the lights from all the gear and, just got this microphone stuck in front of my face and my headphones on, and we're talking about good stuff. I really enjoy it. This is uh, this yeah. is why I started the podcast. Honestly, I hope uh, hope my listeners kind of got something out of this. I hope people go out and check Andy out. And I got to tell you, this was a lot of fun for me. I hope it was fun for you, Andy. Uh, it's great. It's great. I could I could sit here talking all night, but then I wouldn't get to move house. <laughs> right. Right. And uh, and yeah, the family might be a bit pissed <laughs> with me. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I gotta ask, how can people find you on the internet? What's the easiest way? Um, probably the the best channel to find me on is Instagram, which actually has my art, which is Andy C Marshall. Um. And it's got the drawings from Elijah and Crumpet. If you scroll way back, you have some of my one-minute vlogs with subtitles. Uh, YouTube channel kind of went off the road a little bit because I'm 
I'm experimenting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Insta- Instagram's probably the place to find me. Um, awesome. Yeah. I would urge people too to look for you on YouTube because there's a there's a wealth of uh, material there that they could watch and get caught up on and really get to know your style because it, it, you do have a, a storytelling uh, knack. You're very good at it. I think there's a lot there. Uh, you have a nice punk rock style. If if nice goes together with punk rock, I guess it doesn't. But uh, you you just have a lot that you're bringing to the table that I I think um, I think the world needs you. I really do. I think it's going to be a really cool thing to watch uh, all the stuff that you you come up with. I just think it's really great. And I think everybody listening needs to go out and give you a shout out and uh, and check you out and all that kind of stuff. So. I'm going to sign off here, and I'm telling you what, I really enjoyed it. Uh, we need to do this more, even not for recording, but just just to kind of get together and say hello. And I promise, if I'm ever in Australia, I will come see you. That would be fantastic. Awesome. And and uh, yes, same in reverse. If you know what, I'll you know I'll come and see you. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> I'd I'm, love to. I'm kind of in the middle of nowhere, but you're more than welcome to show up. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I like. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Good. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, with that, I'm going to sign off and everybody go give us a, a subscription or whatever it is you, whatever the kids are doing these days. I really don't even know what we're doing here. I don't know how to end these shows really. And uh, we're going to leave it at that. So uh, we will talk to you later, Andy. See ya. Catch you later. Bye.